0: This episode is brought to you by Verity. Verity just launched their brand new student information system called Verity Student. Verity Student is everything you wish you had in your student information system and then some. Verity Student combines top-notch unparalleled compliance and efficiency boosting processes with the best communication features built into one single platform. Verity Student streamlines academic tracking, document management with an electronic signature, and a built-in powerful contact center with multi-channel communication. The unfortunate complications that human errors prevent are virtually eliminated with their improved process workflow automation that paves the way for data and reporting that you can actually count on. It's the most efficient recruiting, enrollment, and retention process that you have ever seen. Get more than you have with less strain on your budget with Verity Student. Experience the cost efficiencies that their all-inclusive tool provides compared to other, more expensive tools with less functionality. The unified pricing includes a multi-channel communication hub at a fraction of the amount that you'd pay for multiple systems. Say goodbye to inefficiency. Say goodbye to disjointed communications. Say goodbye to Excel when you say hello to Verity Student. At Verity, they only know one direction and one speed. Always forward and always fast. Harness the power of one with Verity Student. Request a behind-the-scenes look at their new student information system, Verity Student, at meetverity.com. Again, that's meetverity.com. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the show. This is part two of our enrollment marketing benchmarks series that is brought to you by Enrollify's sister company, DD Agency. DD Agency is an enrollment marketing services agency that specializes in SEO, content marketing, and all things HubSpot. So. This is part two, as I mentioned, of our series. Part one, we focused on event marketing and the new event marketing benchmarks. And if you did not get a second to listen to that episode, go ahead and scroll down to the show notes and you can click on over to that either now and listen to part two afterwards, or you can go ahead and circle back on that episode later whichever you prefer. I gave a much longer intro than I'm going to give today about sort of the origin of this report, why DD Agency thought that in light of everything that happened in 2020, it would be worth putting together sort of a new benchmarks series. So if you want all the backstory, go ahead and listen to part one. But for those of you who don't want the backstory and or listened to part one, here's just a quick recap on what these enrollment marketing benchmarks, what the data behind these benchmarks um, actually um, comes from. So the research conducted for this report spanned a period of 12 months and looked at literally hundreds of marketing campaigns that involved thousands of content pieces and pros- prospect actions. So um, the vast majority of marketing tactics and channels that were evaluated as a part of this report were targeted at students roughly 18 to 50 years of age graduate students were actually the core target audience for this report so for all you gem professionals out there this is especially relevant to you but a lot of the same principles a lot of the same tactics apply at the undergraduate level at the adult learner level as well so that's uh, again a quick little recap of the enrollment marketing benchmarks report also if you want to go ahead and download the report it could be helpful for you to or you, you don't even need to download it uh, via PDF, you could also just open the digital version and walk through it while I uh, talk through the the section we're going to be chatting about today, which is content marketing. So in the show notes, if you want to just take a quick moment, you can scroll down and you should see a uh, link to beatthebenchmarks.com. Uh, if you are not looking at your phone and you're at your computer, just go ahead and head on over to beatthebenchmarks.com, and you can look at this report as we walk through some of the data. That may just be a little bit more engaging than just hearing me uh, rattle off a bunch of numbers, but I'm going to try to make this as exciting as possible in audio format. All right, guys. So Let's dive into the new content marketing benchmarks. and. Really what we want to look at here is how content continues to play a significant role in the entire student recruitment process, but especially for those of you who are in the market of recruiting graduate students. So for prospective students that are researching graduate programs or looking to professionally develop themselves to achieve their career goals, content continues to play a critical role in attracting and converting both new and existing prospective students. So within an enrollment marketing strategy, content is meant to be educational, informative, and engaging. It takes the shape of a variety of media formats, but the goal, right, and this is really important guys. The goal is to compel the prospective student to take a specific action. So, if at the end of the day, right, your content is not compelling people to perform a particular action, it's not really doing the job that content marketing is supposed to be doing within the lane of student recruitment, right? It's not just content for the sake of content, it's content for the sake of generating qualified applicants. So. When it comes to content creation, this report, what, what identified, what our analysis uh, identified was that the three kind of core stages of content creation still hold, right? Awareness stage, consideration stage, and decision stage. Awareness stage being top of the funnel media that is about an industry, a career guide, higher education in general, current trends or grad programs, right? A, an overview of, of graduate programs um, in general or in a stage content is not so much about your school your program, but rather focused on what the prospect needs, what their pain points are, what their interests are, what their goals are. Consideration stage is that middle of the funnel media. And this is about your school or program that enables a prospect to become more informed about what it is that you offer and what your value proposition is. So this consideration stage, this is sort of like the tie in between what the prospect's goal is and what you offer that will help them achieve said goal. And then finally, decision stage, this is bottom of the funnel content. It's, intended to help a prospect be very comfortable making a final decision and or taking serious actions towards becoming a student so this Content is typically application focused, it's a little bit more nitty gritty. Uh, this is exactly what you are going to get. This is how our, our program compares to our competitor's program, or this is how our educational experience compares to that of one of our competitors, et cetera. It's really meant to be the uh, kind of content that compels folks to choose you over one of your competitors um, and get over that finish line. So, DD Agency analyzed thousands of content, piece, content pieces, prospect actions, and conversion opportunities in order to identify what tactics are winning and what the new benchmarks are for each type of content. So, what DD Agency is focused on in sort of the content marketing realm is three core content types, okay? Blog articles, these are admissions-related articles, student testimonials, alumni success stories, right, field-specific thought leadership, career-specific resources, program-specific information, et cetera, really anything that is story-driven in some way, shape, or form and is uh, meant to solicit a particular response from a prospect, whether that be to sign up for an event, to start an application, to uh, submit an inquiry form, okay? So blog articles, content uh, piece number two, content type, I should say, number two is premium content, right? And within premium content, there are different kinds of premium content. There's gated and ungated long form content resources. So gated meaning, right, there's a form. And in order to access that valuable piece of content, you've got to go through the form versus ungated that content, right, does not have a form pretty straightforward. (laughs) Um, But in terms of premium content types, you've got downloadable eBooks, you've got digital eBooks right? digital experiences. You've got pillar pages, which are long form pieces of content that are really meant to help boost uh, your institution's SEO. And then you've got videos. So, and videos that we're using this in the broadest of senses, this could include everything from like a recorded webinar to a explainer video, to a brand video, to student testimonials, et cetera. And then finally the last content piece that the agency looked at and evaluated the last content type, gosh, I keep saying piece, but I mean it's type, um is landing pages. So these were program specific landing pages, RMI forms, so RMI RFI forms, ebook landing pages, landing pages that hosted videos, admissions information pages, and multi-resource library landing pages. So basically anything that wasn't uh, an event landing page or an app-specific page. These are informational landing pages or landing pages that are built and designed to act as conversion opportunities at the end of a content offer or or a content campaign. All right, let's dive into the blogging metrics first. Like, What are the new blogging benchmarks? So, as a part of this analysis, DD Agency took into account seventeen different admissions blogs with a total uh, with a total of fifteen hundred active articles, of which five hundred were published newly in twenty twenty. Okay, so this is an analysis of how that content performed uh, over over this past uh, you know pandemic year here. So, a couple of interesting takeaways, and again. I highly, highly recommend downloading this actual report or heading on over to beatthebenchmarks.com and looking at the digital version so that you can make better sense of this. The impact just is not the same over audio here. So the average total number of active posts per year for these institutions was 97. Okay, so 97 active posts, 97.25 to be exact. Um, The average total blog page views per year um, was thirteen thousand nine hundred and fifty four. so in general, if you want to just benchmark how your blog content is performing uh, against other graduate institutions, other graduate programs, if the average uh, comes to about ten thousand five hundred and forty five for average blogging benchmark blogging benchmarks, excuse me with just shy of fourteen thousand for blogs that have been active for 1 point5 or more years okay the average click per post is two point six eight. Um, for all blogging benchmarks, and 3.7 for blogs that have been active for 1.5 or more years. And the average time per page view is about 175 seconds, or just shy of 200 seconds for blogs that have been active for more than a year and a half. So, What do these metrics actually mean? Well, the metrics that matter for blogging are as follows. It's really crucial in this analysis, it became very obvious that hitting that 18 month benchmark, that 18 month uh, mark of being active and live as a blog, is incredibly important. So blogs that are active for at least a year and a half generate five times the page views 80% 80% more average views per page, and 26 times higher traffic from organic search than blogs that have only been alive for less than a year okay so pretty dramatic so if you're at that year mark right now and you're tempted to throw in the towel because you are spending all this time and energy and effort creating content and wondering whether or not it's actually working keep on going right because uh, the data suggests that at that 18 month mark about a year and a half in that's where you really start to see the exponential part of the organic curve start to kick in Second kind of metric that matters for blogging, longer posts get more engagement. So prospective students are demonstrating continued interest in blog content since the pandemic, especially longer posts that are more educational. So how-to posts, uh, you know, posts that are deep, tactical, etc. shorter shorter pro- posts that are less than 700 words are getting low engagement as students are looking for more answers they can find on their own in, their re- in the research process. So in general, if you are sitting down and planning out your editorial strategy, it is better to have fewer posts that are longer, right? So beyond that 700 word threshold, as opposed to more posts that are shorter. If again, the goal is to increase engagement on this content, From a ranking standpoint as well, right, the longer form the content is, the more valuable content, the more keywords that are baked into that content, the better chance that page has at ranking around the target terms that your institution or your program is interested in ranking in. And then finally, the the 75-25 rule applies when it comes to blogging. So looking at grad school blogs with at least 50 active posts, just the top 10 most viewed articles for these blogs were responsible for 70% of total traffic, okay? So in general, what this means is that um, 75% of your traffic, of the traffic that is coming to your blog will come from your top 25% of articles. So not every article is gonna be this you know, amazing grand slam here, but you need to try multiple topic clusters and article styles in order to achieve the big wins. And again, at the end of the day, you should expect that 75% of your traffic are gonna come from your top few posts, okay? The top 25% of all articles. So how should you use this data for blogging strategy? Well, if you already have a blog, make sure you have multiple text links and CTAs inserted throughout your blog post. To increase clicks to relevant content pages. One of the best ways to increase your click-through rate right, on your content is to ensure that you have things for people to click. So making sure that you have good hyperlinks, good CTAs, Breaker CTAs, Anchor Text CTAs, all baked into every post. Um, and then second, you can identify the top five articles that rank for organic keywords and republish them with more content optimized for those keywords. So this is like a classic SEO hack. You want to go and see what, where you're already performing well, and what would it look like for you to update that content, republish it, um, and add some additional content. Maybe you know splice in some additional stories. Maybe if you got a couple of videos that might be relevant, you can go ahead and splice them in there as well. If you don't have a blog you want to start with student created content that is a response to a questionnaire that asks questions about their decision to enroll in your school so basic q and a post here right that's one of the you know best fastest ways to get a blog up and running okay repurpose faculty content that you already have and figure out a way to maybe translate some of that content into you know marketing talk so it's a little bit more compelling and a little bit less academic but Faculty content is one of the best ways to actually increase your SEO around particular industry trends, right? Because, again, they are the thought leaders in the space. Um, And then finally, favor quality over quantity. So fewer longer articles in the 1,500 to 2,000-word range will be well worth your time uh, in the long run. And it's better to focus time and energy in crafting excellent content in that range than content that is just okay or good in the 500 to 700-word range. All right, so that is your update on the state of blogging. Now, let's talk about gated content benchmarks, okay? So what we're going to be talking about here is what the new benchmarks for premium content offers that include program-specific content, general admissions content, and recorded webinars, what those new benchmarks are. And again, the purpose of this is so that you can compare these benchmarks against your own performance. So if you don't have a good understanding of how your current enrollment marketing strategies are performing. It's really good to start there, right? HubSpot is an incredible tool for marketing attribution if you don't have one already. Um, but you really need to understand sort of like what your own baselines are, right? What your benchmarks are, uh, so that you can compare it against these industry standards. All right, let's talk about gated content benchmarks, program specific eBooks and general topic eBooks and recorded webinars. Okay. So in general, right, when it comes to all gated content, uh, we're seeing about 4,900 views on program-specific ebook c- content. So, what that means is that, um, in general, uh, on average, right, the average number of page views that you will see if you've got a program-specific ebook that you are promoting, right? So, if you've got an MBA pro- program and you've got this awesome—not not, this is not a brochure, by the way, right? This is like a uh, a more industry-focused piece that does highlight sort of trends, topics, um, interests. In sort of the category of advanced business education, if you've got a a piece of content like that, on average, you're going to see about 4,900 views to that page. The average submissions you're going to receive is about two. uh, That you're going to see is about 209, and the average submission rate is about 4.3%. Okay, that's not a bad uh, average submission rate for a piece of premium content. Okay, average new contacts that you'll generate from a program-specific ebook about 128 and the average new contact conversion rate, right, as opposed to submission rate, which is, you know, people that are new and people that are known, average new contact conversion rate is 2.6%. So when it comes to program specific eBooks, right, that's actually where you're gonna see the greatest number of submissions, the greatest number of new contact generation, as opposed to any other premium content type. When we look at just, when you look at gated content holistically, like any, any sort of content that lives behind a form, Right, we're going to see an average of eighty-seven new contacts, an average of a new contact um, conversion rate of two point nine percent, and an average submission rate of five point three percent. So, when it comes to you know submission rates and new contact rates uh, gated content in general, right? So other forms of gated content, like general topic eBooks and recorded webinars, they're going to perform better. But when it comes to generating sheer quantity of new contacts and sheer quantity of submissions, program specific eBooks are the way to go. Now, when we look at general topic eBooks, right? So anything that is grad specific. So think about this in terms of like how to afford graduate school. Think about this in terms of, um, you know scholarship opportunities for for graduate students whatever it might be uh te- um uh, you know GMAT and GRE testing resources um what we you're going to see an average submission rate of 13.5% okay and an average new contact conversion rate of 5.5%. So if you're looking for uh, average submission rates and average contact rate new contact rates to be highest what you want to do to be higher in your context, you want to focus on those general topic eBooks. So this is one of those instances where you don't want to take a program-specific approach. So again, if the goal is just to increase submission rate and just to increase new contact conversion rate, and you have a lot of money to spend on social, so you don't need to you know worry so much about numbers, you just need to make sure that the conversion rates are there, right? Then by all means, focusing on general topic eBooks is the way to go. All right. Metrics that matter for gated content. So program-specific eBooks are best for generating leads, which we just discussed. They generate 60% more views and 28% more submissions and 50% more leads than the average for all gated content offers. General content gets conversions faster. So again, if you are trying to get, um, if you you gotta generate leads and, and new inquiries like ASAP, you should proceed with a campaign that's focused on a general content piece. There are four form fields or the most common amount of fields across all content types, looking across all gated content types um, landing pages, um, you know uh, recorded webinars, uh, you know ebook downloads etc seventy three percent of them had uh, four required form fields. The average number of fields was four point one so if you 're adding more than four required fields, make sure that your content value is worth the additional barriers to entry okay so as a general rule focus on no more than four fields when it comes to offering a content piece. So how should you use this data for gated content strategy? So for graduate schools with multiple programs, like if you are responsible for, you know, raising all boats, start at the bottom of the funnel with decision stage content and work backwards. Why? Well, you want to capitalize on all the traffic and all the low-hanging fruit that you already have, so admissions resources, uh, scholarship and and grant guides, et cetera. Favor general content first and then move to program-specific as your resources and time allows, and make sure that you're gating any existing content resources that you already have. So if you've got program brochures out there and you're just giving them away for free right now, you don't know who those people are, throw a quickle, uh, quickle. <laughs> a quick simple, I like a quickle, that's a cool word. Um, I think I'm going to use that, throw a, uh, a simple form up and just ask for three, four, you know, no more than five fields of information in exchange for access to that program brochure. So for small departments with only a few programs, so you don't have to worry about, um, you know, yeah, marketing to the masses start at the middle of the funnel with consideration stage resources. So compare and contrast guides, right? Talking a little bit more about why you should pursue an advanced degree in a specific field. Talk about sort of like the, um, you know, BLS sort of like uh, projections for growth of industry. All that kind of insight should be baked into a beautiful consideration piece. And then you want to record your virtual events and re promote them as recorded webinars this is a tactic that is working really really well for departments with only a few programs all right let's talk about ungated content so again ungated content are general pillar pages program specific pillar pages resource libraries and program info pages and the best way to think about gated content is just content that doesn't include a form okay so uh, what we're seeing for general pillar pages, and again, pillar pages are long-form pages. They're meant to rank for specific terms. They might include four thousand to ten thousand words on that page, right? So um, these are not just blog posts, and they're they're not uh, you know lead gen, lead focused uh, um, landing pages uh, either. So in general, uh, pillar pages are uh, are generating about two point two they have it they have 2.2 secondary conversion offers as associated with the the core content offer they've got 36 average secondary content submissions and so what this means is what do we mean by secondary content conversions and secondary content submissions what we mean is these are content offers that are not the actual core page so the core page itself is a content offer right so a general pillar page maybe it's a everything that you need to know everything that moms need to know before going back to grad school maybe maybe you write a full-fledged sort of resource for moms who are thinking about going back to grad school. Um a secondary c- conversion offer could be something like come to this information event, right? Or a secondary content submission offer could be something like uh download this uh financial aid guide for for um you know uh coming back to grad school. Whatever it might be. So, in general, what this is saying is that secondary content submissions and secondary con- content uh, offers are really, really, really important when it comes to general pillar pages. When it comes to program specific pillar pages, we're actually seeing the greatest time spent on these pages. So, an average of 203 seconds are being spent anytime you're working on a program specific pillar pillar page, okay? So program specific pillar page, right? If we if if a general page is everything, you know, mom should know before going back to grad school, a program specific pillar page might be everything mom should know before pursuing a master's in education or, you know, everything mom should know before pursuing a master's of science in nursing or whatever it might be. That's program specific um, and we're actually seeing the again, the greatest time spent per page view on this particular content type. Um and last but not least, resource libraries and program info pages. Um, when it comes to resource libraries and program info pages, uh, you really want to be focused on ensuring that there are very clear pathways to conversion. Okay, so what this means is, like a resource library, that's think about this as a place where you would house all of your different eBooks or all of your different videos or all of your different, uh, you know, content offers. One of the challenges that folks make is they they look at these resource pages as as simply sort of like splash pages to the actual conversion offer right on uh, of each resource on a different landing page but this can be a big mistake so when it comes to resource pages ensure that you can also download as many resources as possible if not all of them from that page as well. So you're not just redirecting them to another page. This reduces friction for the user and and oftentimes these resource pages end up ranking well and sometimes ranking even higher than other landing pages where the actual content offer lives simply because it, it's more comprehensive, right? There are more potential opportunities for you to rank for terms because it's a diverse sort of like palette of content. So keep that in mind as well. Um, Now, if you are focused on increasing session time, so we talked about average uh, page per view, right? So we're talking about sort of like average, you know, time spent on page and how program-specific builder pages are the best way to do that. However, when it comes to session time, right, session time being the total amount of time a user is spending on your domain in any given session as opposed to just spending time on a singular page, You want to focus on video. Video is the best way to increase session time. With a 50% higher session time than the average for all ungated content, video is clearly keeping your prospects on your site longer, which is a big, big, big factor for improving your SEO rankings. Okay. so. If you are unsure of how to use this data for ungated content strategy in your own context, here's where you start. So if you have little to no educational content, so if you don't have a ton of thought leadership, start at the top of the funnel with a general topic that covers multiple programs and or multiple career paths, right? So something like the everything mom should know before going to grad school sort of topic, right? You can touch on zillions of programs, zillions of potential pathways within that greater content type, and yet that is still program specific, right? So one of the One of the challenges that schools do is they might go super, super general with their content, which is great, but then they lose sight of the fact that they've got different personas, right? So it's really important that when you do go broad, you go broad within the context of a persona group. Second, you want to leverage any existing pages that are already ranking for off-brand, industry-specific keywords and double down on that content. So, again, this is low-hanging fruit understand what's ranking well and how can you go and optimize that content so that it ranks better for the things and the terms and topics that you care about. If you already have... Uh, moderate to significant ungated content on your site you want to add video and deeper content 1000 plus words as much as possible on those pages and ensure that each page has at least two secondary content offers right so you want to make sure you in- you increase the number of content pathways the way prospects give information about themselves the type of secondary and tertiary content offer so you don't want to just throw in an RMI form on every page. You want to say, hey, you can RMI here. Or, hey, you could start a live chat right now with the counselor there. Or, hey, like book a meeting when it's convenient with you and our director will have a chat with you about, um, you know, your concerns about X, Y, or Z or your questions about, you know, A, B, or C. Um, and then finally, you want to add at least five inbound links to your ungated content pages from other website pages, blog articles, and in your email conflows. So this isn't like you know true uh backlinking obviously because all these links are coming from your domain but it's really important to start by funneling different uh oper- different pathways to this particular page that you want to rank well this also uh, does have sort of like a um a an effect on your backlinking strategy a positive effect on your backlinking strategy because it's a, a stronger likelihood that more people will stumble upon that page Again, people that are already associate with your brand or associate with your institution, but that's the first step in getting more people aware of this content offer so that eventually you've got other domains referring traffic to this resourceful content piece on everything moms need to know before going to grad school, for instance. Okay. All right, landing page benchmarks. So let's talk about RMI landing page benchmarks. So, uh, in general, the average page views per RMI landing page is about fourteen hundred. Um, but general RMI landing pages uh, generate about twenty-two hundred um, page page views, and program wires program specific RMI landing pages generate just four hundred and eighty-five average submissions on general RMI landing pages. So again, landing pages that are not program specific, five hundred and twenty-five average submissions only 17.6 submissions for program-specific RMI landing pages. Okay, so in every category um, uh, that we're seeing here, new contacts too. So the average new contact conversion rate, right? So people that are brand new to your school on general RMI landing pages, 18.7%, only 2.1% for program-specific landing pages. So multiple program rmi gets the most leads um so again this isn't shocking uh it's just important to understand that like you know more often than not school a lot of a lot of traffic is going to be driven to your general rmi forms and this isn't to say that program specific rmi forms don't matter it's just to say that like when resources are limited and if you don't have tons of time to create tons of forms and you don't have the opportunity to create you know, unique workflows for every, for every, uh, point of entry, you're better off consolidating resources around, uh, school specific, um, uh, and, or, and, or even just sort of like general grad program specific, um, as well. So school specific being, meaning like group, all your, you know, business programs under the school of business. Right. Um, and as opposed to having a unique, RMI form for just the, you know, part-time MBA and a unique RMI form for just the online MBA. So pretty straightforward as well. Um, One last thing to note here is that the average number of form fields for RMI forms is just over five, which is also the most common out of all ROI forms analyzed. So hands down, this is the sweet spot for most schools. So when it comes to inquiry forms, okay, you don't want 20 to 25 fields, you want five, if you want to increase inquiries if you want to increase quality contact generation reduce the barriers to entry reduce the number of form fields that are required for people to request more information about your program okay so how to use this data for our my landing page strategy for grad schools with multiple programs make sure you don't have more than five or six form fields right um it makes sure just about every other website and landing page has a link that drives prospects to this landing page right all roads need to lead to lead gen And then for smaller schools with just one to three programs, it it likely makes more sense to have program-specific RMI landing pages, even if you've only, you know, even though the the data says you should group things otherwise, simply because you've only got a couple of programs, and you, in that case, you want to make sure that, right, the experience that you're delivering to prospects is succinct and is clear. Um, Also, you want to make sure that you are limiting your fields to no more than five form fields as well. All right, guys. Well, that does it. And hopefully this was helpful. I know that was a lot of information and a lot of stats, but these are the new content marketing benchmarks. We'll see you again soon. If you are an enrollment marketer working in marketing and communications or enrollment management and would be willing to be interviewed on the podcast, or if you have an idea for a topic that you'd like to hear covered on the podcast, please reach out directly to me at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org. We sincerely look forward to working with you to make Enrollify the most trusted, go-to digital resource for enrollment marketers out there.